Last week, I did my top five acts of compassion in Star Wars. And I received the suggestion several times that the perfect follow-up was to look for compassion in the Lord of the Rings. So here are my top five stories of compassion in the Lord of the Rings. I hope you enjoy it. Number five, Gimli and Legolas and their move from enmity to friendship and love. One of the funny things about humans, actually it's one of the tragic things and also one of the greatest causes of our suffering, is our tribalism and us versus them guiding narrative. Sometimes it's all in fun, like my football team versus yours. But sometimes it's at the heart of war, destruction, cruelty, and callousness towards others. The Fellowship of the Rings, Book 2, Chapter 2, The Council of Elrond, is where we first meet Frodo and the Hobbits, companions, for their journey to Mount Doom to destroy the ring. Of particular interest here is that we get to see the interaction between Legolas the Elf and Gimli the Dwarf. And let me just say, not very friendly. During the meeting, Legolas speaks of Gollum, whom the Wood Elves were charged with keeping safely imprisoned so that he could do no more harm. Alas, alas, cried Legolas, the tidings that I was sent to bring must now be told. They are not good, but only here have I learned how evil they may seem to this company. Schmeagol, now called Gollum, has escaped. Escaped, cried Aragorn. That is ill news indeed. We shall all rue it bitterly, I fear. How came the folk of Throndul to fail in their trust? Not through lack of watchfulness, said Legolas, but perhaps through overkindness. He went on to elaborate before Gimli's father, Gloin, interrupted. You were less tender to me, Gloin said with a flash of his eyes, as old memories were stirred of his imprisonment in the deep dark places of the elven king's hall. The enmity was shared by Gimli. Gandalf had to step in and remind them that they were here to fight a common enemy. But this is tricky. It can take an enormous amount of effort to bring a compassionate motivation to someone or group who are different to us, perhaps even compete with us, perhaps even have hurt us in the past. But by The Two Towers, Book 3, Chapter 8, The Road to Isengard, Legolas and Gimli were firm friends. They had a competition as to who could kill the most orcs. Slightly unpleasant competition, I realise. But by the end of the battle at Helm's Deep, Gimli couldn't be found. And then suddenly he appeared. He had no helm, and about his beard was a linen band stained with blood. But his voice was loud and strong. Forty-two, Master Legolas, he cried. Alas, my axe is notched. The forty-second had an iron collar on his neck. How is it with you? You have passed my score by one, answered Legolas. 
but I do not grudge you the game. So glad am I to see you on your legs. The power of warmth and friendliness and the recognition that difference and diversity is a good thing. The difference in another is a gift. The good solid stone masonry of dwarves and the loveliness of greenery and gardens of the elves. Well, we need both. Number four, Merry and Pippin and their courage. At the beginning, Merry and Pippin are full of curiosity and mischief. It's both entertaining and rather dangerous at times. But once the fellowship is formed and they're on their way, Merry and Pippin's eagerness diminishes as they realize they're no longer in the security of the Shire. In The Fellowship of the Ring, Book 2, Chapter 4, A Journey in the Dark, Pippin mutters to Sam upon hearing the wags howl, I wish I'd taken Nelron's advice. I'm no good after all. There's not enough of the breed of Bandabras, the bull roarer in me. These howls freeze my blood. I don't ever remember feeling so wretched. My heart's right down in my toes, Mr. Pippin, said Sam. But we aren't eaten yet, and there are some stout folk here with us. Whatever may be in store for old Gandalf, I'll wager it isn't a wolf's belly. And this is the thing with Merry and Pippin. They experience terrible fear, and yet they show great courage to overcome that fear and press on. Courage is so vital to a compassionate motivation. In fact, some of our greatest acts of compassion occur in the context of great fear and consternation and adversity. Adversity can sometimes be just what we need to reveal the courage needed for compassion. Merry and Pippin often feel regret for leaving home and the Shire. In Lothlorien, the elves' forest home of Galadriel, Pippin complains about sleeping in trees and Mary confesses, I've never been out of my own land before. And if I'd known what the world outside was like, I don't think that I should have had the heart to leave it. But with great friendship and shared courage, they go through many trials and tribulations. Captured by orcs, rescued by ants, the destruction of Isengard, and then to courageously separate themselves from each other, to swear allegiance to another. Pippin to Denethor, the steward of Gondor, and Merry to King Theoden of Rohan. In The Return of the King, Book 5, Chapter 7, Pippin gallantly saves Faramir from his own father's madness and efforts to burn him alive. In Chapter 6, Merry assists in the destruction of the Lord of the Nazgul, thereby bringing victory to the battle on the Pelennor fields. Well, Merry, thank goodness I've found you, says Pippin in Book 5, Chapter 8, when the two were finally reunited. Pippin explains a few things, and then Merry starts to feel unwell. It's not always a misfortune being overlooked, said Merry. I was overlooked just now by, no, no, I can't speak of it. Help me, Pippin. It's all going dark again and my arm is so cold. Lean on me, merry lad, said Pippin. Come now, foot by foot. It's not far. 
Are you going to bury me? said Mary. No, indeed, said Pippin, trying to sound cheerful, though his heart was wrung with fear and pity. No, we're going to the house of healing, courage and compassion. Number three, Gandalf and his wisdom. Wisdom is, of course, a key quality of compassion. And who is the wisest of them all? Gandalf. Now, to be honest, there are a few things I feel like he could have done differently. I just think he could have given Frodo a lot more help and protection. But he's generally considered wise and compassionate. There are probably many instances of Gandalf's wisdom and compassion coming to the fore. But we see it early on in Book 1 of The Fellowship of the Ring, Chapter 2, The Shadow of the Past. Gandalf tells Frodo the story of the ring, Gollum, and how Bilbo acquired it from Gollum, who is still at large in the world, hunting for it. And that worst of all, Sauron has learned from Gollum that the ring still exists and that it may be in the Shire. Hearing all this, Frodo is horrified. But this is terrible, cried Frodo, far worse than the worst that I'd imagined from your hints and warnings. Oh, Gandalf, best of friends, what am I to do? For now I am really afraid. What am I to do? What a pity Bilbo didn't stab that vile creature when he had the chance. And Gandalf replies, Pity? It was pity that stayed his hand. Pity and mercy not to strike without need. And he's been well rewarded, Frodo. Be sure that he took so little hurt from the evil and escaped in the end because he began his ownership of the ring so. With pity. I am sorry, says Frodo, but I am frightened and do not feel any pity for Gollum. You have not seen him, Gandalf broke in. No, and I don't want to, said Frodo. I can't understand you. Do you mean to say that you and the elves have let him live on after all those horrible deeds? Now, at any rate, he is as bad as an orc and just an enemy. He deserves death. Gandalf says deserves it. I dare say he does. Many that live deserve death and some that die deserve life. Can you give it to them? Then do not be too eager to deal out death in judgment. For even the very wise cannot see all ends. I have not much hope that Gollum can be cured before he dies. But there is a chance of it. And he is bound up with the fate of the ring. My heart tells me that he has some part to play yet, for good or ill, before the end. And when that comes, the pity of Bilbo may rule the fate of many, yours not least. In any case, we did not kill him. He's very old and very wretched. The Wood Elves have him in prison, but they treat him with such kindness as they can find in their wise hearts. With wisdom comes compassion. We can cultivate more wisdom and understanding in order to cultivate more compassion. Wisdom is quite different from intellectual knowledge. One can gain a lot of knowledge and yet still care very little about others. Wisdom is where emotion and rationality meet. And as wisdom grows, so does compassion. Another good one from Gandalf, often cited, 
is when Frodo says, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. Gandalf responds with wisdom and compassion. So do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Number two, Sam and his commitment. Samwise Gamgee is a simple gardener. He's the most hobbitish of all the hobbits in the fellowship. He loves his food. He loves a beautiful sunrise and he loves his friend Frodo. Throughout the book, Sam is unwavering in his love for Frodo and his loyalty and commitment to Frodo. But his kindness and compassion is a frequent part of the story. In The Fellowship of the Ring, Book 2, Chapter 4, A Journey in the Dark, Gandalf tells Sam to let Bill the Pony go. But you can't leave poor old Bill behind in this forsaken place, Mr. Gandalf, cried Sam, angry and distressed. I won't have it, and that's flat, after he's come so far and all. I am sorry, Sam, said the wizard, but when the door opens, I do not think you'll be able to drag your bill inside into the long dark of Moria. You will have to choose between Bill and your master. He'd follow Mr. Frodo into a dragon's den if I let him, protested Sam. It'd be nothing short of murder to turn him loose with all these wolves about. Gandalf gave Bill some seemingly magical words of guidance and then Sam stood sullenly by the pony and returned no answer. Bill, seeming to understand well what was going on, nuzzled up to him, putting his nose to Sam's ear. Sam burst into tears and fumbled with the straps, unloading all the pony's packs and throwing them on the ground. The others sorted out the goods, making a pile of all that could be left behind and dividing up the rest. Ugh. This was one of the most heart-wrenching moments in the whole Lord of the Rings. Sam having to say farewell to his pony Bill. And it took such strength and commitment to do it. Perhaps it was for the best for Bill. Perhaps it was for the best for the task they had ahead. But it was hard on Sam who had so much love for his friends even those that were his beasts of burden. But despite frequent examples of compassion from Sam, one of the other big ones happened towards the end. In Return of the King, Book 6, Chapter 3, Mount Doom, Frodo and Sam were climbing Mount Doom, but Frodo was exhausted. He'd carried the ring so far, and he was still reeling from the wound made by the ringwraith's sword. Now for it! Now for the last gasp, said Sam, as he struggled to his feet. He bent over Frodo, rousing him gently. Frodo groaned, but with a great effort of will, he staggered up, and then he fell upon his knees again. He raised his eyes with difficulty to the dark slopes of Mount Doom, towering above him, and then pitifully he began to crawl forward on his hands. Sam looked at him and wept in his heart but no tears came to his dry and stinging eyes. I said I'd carry him if it broke my back, he muttered, and I will. Come, Mr. Frodo, he cried. I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you and it as well. So up you get, 
Come on, Mr. Frodo dear, Sam will give you a ride. Just tell him where to go and he'll go. As Frodo clung upon his back, arms loosely around his neck, legs clasped firmly under his arms, Sam staggered to his feet. And then to his amazement, he felt the burden light. He had feared that he would have barely the strength to lift his master alone. And beyond that, he had expected to share in the dreadful dragging weight of the accursed ring. But it was not so. Whether because Frodo was so worn by his long pain, wound of knife and venomous sting, and sorrow, fear and homeless wandering, or because some gift of final strength was given to him, Sam lifted Frodo with no more difficulty than if he were carrying a hobbit child piggyback in some romp on the lawns or hayfields of the Shire. He took a deep breath and started off. Compassion takes just such strength and commitment. And now, before we get to number one, a special mention, Gollum and his unintended compassion. There are many great characters who are motivated by compassion, but any discussion of Lord of the Rings must give a nod to Gollum, who in some ways was the greatest hero of them all. A hero? Well, he was wretched, foul, evil perhaps. He was certainly driven by greed and desire for his precious ring. Although really that was the power of the One Ring rather than Gollum himself. The One Ring controlled a lot of that and many before Gollum had not been able to cope with it and had fallen foul of evil and or had perished. You could almost say that he'd kept the ring away from the true evil for a very long time. He'd prevented a lot of suffering. And certainly, he had a part to play in the quest. For a while there, Schmeagel was back, thanks to Frodo's kindness. And he led Frodo and Sam to Mount Doom. Then, in the climactic moment atop Mount Doom, when Frodo experienced a moment of weakness, Gollum bit off Frodo's finger falling with the ring into the abyss and assisting Frodo to fulfill his destiny. Gollum is a part of us all. Who's never experienced greed and desire? But we each have to treat the Gollum inside us with the same kindness displayed by Frodo and the same firmness displayed by Sam. Number one, Frodo and his sacrifice. At the beginning of The Lord of the Rings, Frodo is just coming of age, 33 years old, so still relatively young for a hobbit. And he'd been under the care of Bilbo for about 12 years, and Bilbo was quite wealthy. And the young Frodo really wanted for nothing. He presents as very likeable and well-liked, friendly and with plenty of friends despite some of the animosity that various hobbit families had towards Bilbo. But also somewhat innocent and even naive. Not that he needed to have been any different. When Bilbo leaves the Shire, off on one last adventure to visit the elves, 
Frodo is left with the ring and we get a feeling that things are more serious now when Gandalf repeats a couple of times, keep it safe and keep it secret. And then years pass, Frodo enjoys himself without really aging very much, but he starts to get a little restless. He wants an adventure too. And just before his 50th birthday, Gandalf visits him once more, this time the bearer of some rather disconcerting news. Hearing it all, the Ring, Gollum, Bilbo, Sauron, Mordor, Mount Doom. Frodo says in The Fellowship of the Ring, Book 1, Chapter 2, Of course, I have sometimes thought of going away, but I imagine that as a kind of holiday, a series of adventures like Bilbo's, or better, ending in peace. But this would mean exile, a flight from danger into danger, drawing it after me. And I suppose I must go alone if I'm to do that and save the Shire. But I feel very small and very uprooted and, well, desperate. The enemy is so strong and terrible. My dear Frodo, Gandalf exclaimed, hobbits really are amazing creatures. As I've said before, you can learn all that there is to know about their ways in a month. And yet after a hundred years, they can still surprise you at a pinch. Frodo knew what he was doing, what he was in for, and with great compassion and great personal sacrifice, he chose to do it, to save others from terrible suffering. He was the ring bearer, a great and terrible burden. He had to fight or flee for his life many times. He was attacked by ring wraiths, betrayed by friends, deceived by Gollum, stung by a great big spider, and then in the last moment atop Mount Doom and above the fiery lava pit, he said, I have come, but I do not choose now to do what I came to do. I will not do this deed. The ring is mine. He had sacrificed so much, but the grip of evil was upon him until he sacrificed just one more thing, his finger. Gollum bit it off and danced with glee before falling into the lava and with that, he and the ring were gone. And his compassion did not stop there. Frodo is filled with compassion for Gollum, perhaps understanding truly what it's like to be a ring bearer. He says, but for him, Sam, I could not have destroyed the ring. The quest would have been in vain even at the bitter end. So let us forgive him, for the quest is achieved and now all over. I am glad you are here with me, here at the end of all things, Sam. So much sacrifice for Frodo. So many wounds that will never heal. He goes with Gandalf, Galadriel and the elves to the undying land. Yet perhaps even there, his wounds would never heal. Compassion involving great sacrifice. So, there you go. Stories of compassion in Lord of the Rings. Thanks for watching. And let me know what you think. There is an awful lot of source material there. So there are many, many examples. I'd love to hear them. What are your favorite stories of compassion in the Lord of the Rings? See you next time.